Welcome back to episode 88 of the What's the Dope podcast. we got a great show for you today. We are going to be talking about Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl, the ads and how much they cost, Toby Keith and Catholic Reddit Q&A. Thank you all for watching. Welcome back. I appreciate you guys so much for being a part of this episode and this podcast and this journey of What's the Dill. Episode 88. 88 episodes over the span of um, two and a half years. Basically the end of 2020. So 2020 into 21. 21 into 22. 22 into 23. Three and a half years. Wow. Okay, so this podcast has been around for three and a half years. Took like a 18 month break in there for uh pod for episodes, but um it's been quite a journey, quite a ride. There's been a lot going on. I've had a child, one that's basically gonna be here by probably the next time that I film this episode. Um Bell's palsy, you know, jobs. So it's been quite a journey the past three and a half years, and thank you to everyone for Who's been a part of this? I just always want to say thank you to you, you guys watching and listening, because you know that's a podcast is nothing without an audience and people <laughs> tuning in. So thank you, and I um, I want to keep serving you uh, in your days and um, being a part of them. I want to thank you. So we're gonna jump into the first topic for today. Gotta to talk about Taylor Swift. We gotta talk about Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is taking over the Super Bowl. She's taken over the Grammys. She's taken over politics. She's taken over media. I've never seen a person be so, uh, like, like be. Ha- I've never seen a person have so much attention on so many different like platforms and media publications and so many different parts of life. You know, like if um, like last year, you know, let's say the Denver Nuggets won the NBA championship, so. Everybody's talking about it on the sports world, but that's not making news in in you know different media publications or um, you know that doesn't kind of stretch like people aren't at, at the Oscars being like shout out to Jokic uh, you know just <laughs> inspired by your run this year like that's not happening. Taylor Swift is at the Super Bowl. She's in you know Tokyo at her at her tour. She's won winning Grammy. She's doing that. She's. I New York Times articles are being written about her, like Washington Post articles being written about her in terms of like political leanings, and it's like, oh, you know, so they always use the same argument, like, oh, if she, if all of her fans vote for who she told them to vote for, she could swing an election. It's like, okay, cool, you, the same, it's the same thing, same story every election, um, but I've never seen. So like a person, like the, like the past few weeks, even more so, it's just like every channel. Everything, every sports podcast, every, you know, newspaper article, every, everything is just like talking about Taylor Swift. And here I am talking about Taylor Swift. Um, but the, what I kind of, you know, again, it's like I have what, you know, I wanted to, what I wanted to talk about, what I thought was so funny or what I kind of thought about this, my reaction to Taylor Swift and all this attention across like every attention grabbing media platform thing grammys everything super bowl everyone's talking to Taylor swift i was like my thought on it would be like there has to be a part of her that says like is 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 this it i wonder if she asked that i also want i'm so curious about someone like taylor swift 
you know, maybe like Taylor Swift, Elon Musk, people that are just so wealthy, rich, famous. Like, what are their conversations with God like? Like, how is God talking to them? Because we know God is talking to them. We know God is right on Taylor Swift's ear, talking to her, nurturing her, trying to be there for her. And you got to think that someone like, like, you got to think Taylor Swift, achieving so much, having so much, sits back and asks the question, God, are you there? Like, are you real? Can you talk to me? I want to know you because we're all meant for that. We're all meant for that relationship. You know, Christ died for each one of us including Taylor Swift, including Elon Musk. And is, Christ is trying to draw each single one of us towards him. So Taylor's, like, Taylor Swift is one of, like, God's talking to her. I always wonder what those conversations were like. But like, I, I, I just would always like to know the conversations that Taylor Swift and God are having. And you got, you got to think it's powerful. You got to think that God is, is really speaking um, in a clear way because it's like, when you achieve so much like that, I have to think that there's that question, is this it? And then you think, well, I've achieved all this. What else is there? God's going to be standing right there to be like, well, ha, I got something for you. It was a good reminder for me to also know that even all of this attention and media publications and everything and, you know, she's getting that she's still a daughter of God and that, you know, God wants to use her for his kingdom. And let's hope and pray that, you know, she is, and however, whatever God's plan for her is, uh, you know, come comes to light. Um, so, you know, even if you're annoyed that you see her on the TV screen, or even if you're her biggest fan, you still have to know that's still a daughter of God, which is a classic, uh, classic answer. But, um, you know, a good reminder when someone who is literally every single screen that exists in the world, Taylor Swift is on this past couple weeks. So, okay, moving on to the next topic, but similar Saw so every year they come out of the Super Bowl with the commercials, right? Commercials. Those are half the people who watch the Super Bowl is for the game, half the people who watch for the commercials. I saw an article that said $7 million is the average time slot, is the average pay you have to pay for 30 seconds. So for thir every 30 seconds of airtime in the Super Bowl commercial, you have to pay $7 million for it. So needless to say, what's the deal little out of our budget this year to be making a Super Bowl commercial. Thought about it, had some good ideas, wanted to connect with the Wendy's crew, you know, what they're doing, but uh, no commercial for us this year. That got me thinking, though, what are the best Super Bowl commercials of all time? So I'm going to give you three of my favorite Super Bowl commercials of all time. Number one, got to go with the Darth Vader kid on the car commercials. The one that's like the automatic start and the kid's Darth Vader alpha outfit and he does the force and the car starts and he looks back that was so cute that was so classic i love that one i don't know why they don't bring that one back or bring that kid back he's probably like 18 by now but um i thought that was a great one another great one was the what's up guys the what's up remember that back some of you might not remember that if you're a little bit younger you might not remember that but the what's up guys for budweiser in like the late 90s early 2000s I mean, dude, I was a nine-year-old watching that. The dude's going like, what's up? Dying, laughing. I was like, this is the peak of humor. This is the peak of comedy. This is the peak of humor. I don't know how I'll ever be able to laugh at anything ever again because these what's up guys and Budweiser's have cracked the code for my nine-year-old brain. And this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. 
I mean, I was like, I loved those commercials growing up. So I thought those are so, those are so funny. And those are classic. That's still like a very classic commercial. And then another one that I think is really classic, but it's more like the whole, like the uh, Super Bowl vibe is the Budweiser Clydesdales. Another Budweiser, the Budweiser Clydesdales. Those are so classic, done in so many different t different commercials. The one with the little dog, and then the dog is leading them. That was really cute. But the reason I also say that is because I saw the Budweiser Clydesdales one time. For work, I went up to St. Louis to visit the Anheuser-Busch headquarters up there. And um, uh, and got a whole tour of the place, was filming some stuff, and got to go into the stables to see the horses. They were washing some of the horses on the outside. I saw the caretakers. These Clydesdales, they, and this was off season. This was like, you know, this was summertime. This was not like right before the Super Bowl, or right before a film set. The, the, these Clydesdales are taken care of 24 seven. It's like, they're the top employees. It's like, Amhauser Bush is probably like, all right, you know, Number one goal this year, make more money. Number two goal, we got to keep these Clydesdales happy, okay? Like, they had food. They had, like, nameplates. They were being washed. There was people hand-washing them. They were, they were like Saudi princes. They were being taken care of so well. But I will say this. They were beautiful. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not like a horse guy. I'm not really like a big, big horse guy. You know, I've never actually never ridden a horse, but... I saw them, I was like, oh my gosh, they were enormous. They were huge and enormous and beautiful, stunning. I was like, oh my gosh. No one, no wonder these horses are movie stars. No wonder they're getting taken care of 24-7. They are gorgeous. Um, I actually have some footage um, that I took on my own, so I own the rights to it. But they were incredibly beautiful. So I thought that was like funny because I thought that was fun because they literally live at the headquarters. The Clydesdales live at the headquarters of um, Anheuser-Busch in St. Louis. So like those Clydesdales that you'll see in the Super Bowl commercial that you've seen before, they literally live at the headquarters, you know? They're like, I thought that was cool. They're not like hired horses. Nope, those Clydesdales are real. So we'll see if uh, Anheuser-Busch does a Clydesdale commercial in the Super Bowl, but those are some of my favorite commercials. Let me know what your favorites are. Um, maybe you don't even like commercials. Maybe you're one of those people who just wants to put the game back on, which I do too, but deep down, I love commercials. So let me know some of your favorites. Okay, we're moving on. Uh, moving on to a little bit of, a little bit of sad news, um, but, you know, still in the news. Number one, Toby Keith died. Um, and number two, K King Charles of England uh, has cancer. Okay, so Toby Keith... You know, famous country singer um, died of cancer this week. That's really sad. You know, Toby Keith was a um, huge sports fan, obviously a huge musician. He was some of my first country music that I ever really heard. In fact, I never really knew country music at all. Like, actually, in, in all honesty, I don't think I ever even really heard, like, a country song until I was probably, like, in late middle school like I heard country songs or I you know heard a radio but the first time I really was like this is a country artist this is a country song this is you know it uh was Toby Keith and you know he had some classic you know he, and as I've gotten older you know I've kind of seen his catalog you know I should have been a cowboy 
um, you know, the class, the red, white, and blue, a lot, a lot of great songs. Um, and so it was sad, you know, it was sad to see him go, you know, a legend like that. Um, so, you know, I, I, what you hear is overall a really good dude. He was a huge sports fan, a huge Oklahoma Sooners fan. I think was like a diehard Oklahoma Sooners, particularly Oklahoma Sooner football fan. And just was like, I think season ticket holder, like very involved in everything. So that's, that's always so, uh, that's so fun to me. I'm like, that, that's what I already do that. I was like, and I know that like, if I, if I ever was a country star like that, I'd be, I'd be even more so into like football and basketball. And she's like, well, you know what? I've, I got, I got this time, you know, some, some of the day I'm going to spend it following sports. Um, I literally already do that. So, um, so that was sad news. So God bless Toby Keith, rest in peace, Toby Keith and all his family. Um, similarly sad news, King Charles, the King of England has cancer. Um, you know, which is, which is, which is sad, you know, obviously like, um, he has such a different, uh, you know, life than all of us, the King of England, the head of the Church of England. Um, so that was sad news to hear, but also I, uh, on that note on King Charles, I, 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 it was like, if you ever want to know a little bit more about me, speaking of King Charles, I love the show, The Crown. The Crown just ended, series finale, and, um, had like five or six seasons, um, but I loved that show. Uh, it, it, you know, it's like hard to describe. I've said it to people before. I would never really recommend that show to someone because I know it could be painfully boring. But there's something about that show that I love. I mean, like the mystique of it. Uh, it's shot really beautifully. The writing is really good. But like, I love that show. I didn't think I was going to like The Crown. But man, I really, really like that show. But something I thought was so interesting about that entire show, The Crown. So if you've never seen it, you know, I'm not going to, no, no spoilers, even though it's history, but basically like a driving theme of that whole show is that everyone has to submit their life, their desires, their wants to the crown. Like, uh, King Charles, he wanted to marry a different girl, not Diana, part Mrs. Queen Parker Bowles, like the one he's married to now, like he was in love with her when they were kids, but they said, no, like she's, she was divorced. She couldn't, she wasn't like royal enough. Okay, so that he had to submit that, and that obviously he had a really you know tough relationship with Diana. His dad, King Charles, King Philip or Prince Philip, he was like this really you know popular like na navalman, na navyman, navalman, midshipman um, in the British Navy, and he was popular and had a career, and he wanted to do that and travel the world. But people basically told him like, hey, like you actually have to now fall in line. Give up that those titles, give up the kind of fraternity and brotherhood of the Navy, and basically go be like following the crown. And there's some great episodes in um in that show, him kind of like struggling with this, kind of like I'm literally ha I'm my 27-year-old wife. I have to not follow around the rest of my life and just like submit to the crown for because it's the crown. Um, you know, there's a sister in there who wants to marry someone else and they don't let her, and so there's a lot of back and forths of everyone in their in their lives of how the crown affects all their lives, which I thought was an interesting um, take on the crown. It's not just like showing the lives. It's showing how people's lives are altered by the crown and the monarchy. Every single person in the monarchy's life, every single person's, every single person in the monarchy's life was altered by the monarchy and it was all for 
the crown. But it got me thinking, though, like, no matter how powerful the crown is or the king or queen of England, we know that, like, there's one true king, the king of kings, and that when we, we are also all called to give up stuff in our lives to submit to the king, God, Jesus. We're always going to be called to give up stuff at our core to draw closer to Jesus, but also as obedience toward God. We're all called to, like, obey the king, our king, but what I thought was so interesting, what I've always like seen such a distinction of, is that in that show, they all have a resentment towards what they give up because they gave up towards the crown. But in our lives, when we give it up, it's always for our benefit, and there is actually no resentment. We actually draw closer to the king when we give up things. Our lives are better for it when we give up stuff, when we sacrifice for God's kingdom. And that, and we see that like the true crown, the true king can radiate through all human weakness. And, you know, like we, like we don't have to cower in front of the king. We actually get full access to the king. So where the crown, the, the crown of England, you kind of have to, like, you're not worthy to go near. You have to bend, genuflect everything. We have to be reverent towards God, but we get full access to the king of kings 24-7. We get access to the king of kings 24-7, and he wants that. His door is always open. So the true king of kings, his door is always open for us and we can walk through any time because the cool thing is the king is not only the king of all the world and universe, but he's also our father. So that I thought was really cool. I always like I couldn't separate some of those um, themes from like king, being a king, kingdoms, um, God, you know, the head of the church, all these things, because I feel like it's so they're so closely related. So, um, yeah, but got to pray for. Uh, King Charles, hope that, you know, returns to health and that everyone is able in his life is able to, um, uh, you know, make it through these hard times. Okay, last topic for today, we are going to do Catholic Reddit Q&A. I was on the Catholicism Reddit page the other day and I saw a good question that stuck out to me. I thought it'd be good to talk about, especially for men. So the question goes like this. The person asks, is caring about this wrong? Hey, y'all, is caring about your looks, body, appearance, muscles, hairstyle, etc. wrong as a man? St. Peter says that men shouldn't care about how they look, but I struggle because I do care about my looks. I work out, I eat well, I try to find a hairstylist, my hair, etc. So I thought that was a really, really good question. Um, Like, basically, like, is it vain to care about my body, my appearance, my looks? And I've actually had some recent insight in this as I've been, you know, getting more healthy with my side of my face. My appearance is off. Can't move my face. It's different. So I've actually kind of been confronted with this idea of appearance, but also have confronted this in myself for a lot of my life. Um, I think for guys, the line of vanity and um, caring about the looks and the body can be like a, a really fine line. I, uh, you know, growing up, you know, like, I know, like, one time I remember, like, went to school and I, like, gelled my hair. I never gelled my hair. I never gelled my hair, but I did. I was, like, young. You know, it was, like, fifth grade. And I was, like, oh, let me, like, grab some of this gel, put it in my hair. People are going to go crazy at school, like, with how, you know, how awesome my new hairstyle is. You know, basically combed over, but a little bit of gel. And, like, first thing in the morning, someone said, like, you know, first step on the bus, like three people said something about my hair. And I was just like, aha, cut it off, cut off the, the whole head, buzz it all. I don't want this type of attention. I'm not a gel and hair type of kid. I can't do this. I'm not going to spike my hair. I cannot do this. Do not look at me. Don't look at me. 
you know, like, I was like, okay, wrong, wrong. I'm not doing that. Um, you know, and I, I've definitely had times in my life where I've struggled with vanity and put too much attention on my appearance. Um, but I've kind of come to this realization about an answer for this question. Basically, like, is it wrong to care about my looks? Is it wrong to be, you know, uh, putting attention to my appearance? This is my solution. This is my answer. It's all about what the purpose of the action is. The purpose of using gelling hair, the purpose of working out, the purpose of having nicer clothes or nice clothes or just clothes, the purpose of um, getting nice haircuts, the purpose of my appearance. Because, you know, we are people of community. We're social people. We interact with other people and we, our appearance means something. That's why we get dressed up to go to church. You know, what we dress means a little something. And again, it's not a mortal sin to wear jeans to church, but having nicer clothes when we go to church shows our reverence towards God. When you go to a really nice wedding, you don't just come in shorts. You know, there's actually the Bible story about that, right? Like the 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 man who hosts the wedding and the parable about them kicking out the people who aren't dressed well. And, you know, you have to show respect towards the people, the institution, the places you're going by your looks and by your appearance. But it's all about purpose. Because like you dress up to go to church, your purpose is to honor God. You dress up when you go to a wedding, you put your hair nice and you shave because your purpose is to honor the, uh, the couple and honor the parents of the couple who are there and you show honor towards that. Wearing something nice to work or to school shows that you're ready to do a good, good job and you're not looking lazy. You're not looking lackadaisical with your appearance. So if you then start going deeper, like, well, what about like getting a nice haircut? Well, I think, you know, I like a good haircut. I think that having a nice haircut is kind of in that look good, feel good, play good, work good kind of, you know, ballpark. And so, yeah, if you're spending $300 on a haircut and you're fishing for compliments and you want people to say how good your hair looks and you're getting that every other week. Um, yeah, that might be an inordinate amount of attention to your hair, but having a great haircut that makes you kind of feel more comfortable and confident in your skin, that is going to then give you the, you know, the, the better ability to maybe work or go to school, um, you know, and kind of do, do that well, that's good too. Now, again, like we have to have a conscience. If I feel like I'm going into work and I want people to compliment my haircut and I, you know, I want people to notice it. Well, that's not about feeling comfortable in my appearance. That's now vanity. That's now crossed the line. So you got to be honest. What's the purpose of it? Why am I getting a nice haircut? You know, working out muscles, you know, I love working out. I love fitness. I've been, you know, I was an athlete growing up. I've been working out for years if I work out just so people compliment my muscles, that's vanity. But if I work out because the act of exercise helps clear my brain and keeps my mental health right, that's a good thing. It helps me be a better father, better husband, better worker, better friend. That, so that's a good thing. So working out is actually a very, very good thing. Part of my call to holiness. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the purpose, but Again, having the right conscience to discern what's my purpose with working out. Is it just because I want women to say that I'm in good shape? Well, then it might be vanity. You know, then it probably is. But only you can tell that. You know, only you can tell your intentions when it comes to your appearance, when it comes to working out, when it comes to your body. So I think as guys, it's important to 
have these conversations because I feel like, especially Catholic guys, there's this idea where it's like, whoa, any sort of attention to my body is just too much and I'm just going to kind of be, um, you know, let my weight go. I'm not going to worry about work. I'm not going to worry about eating well because that doesn't matter. The body doesn't matter. The appearance doesn't matter. But it actually does. You know, again, like working out helps your mental health, helps your mental fitness. Um, being in good shape and, ha- you know, actually helps with kids. Bending down, running around, being in shape to play with my kids. My, my first son is... You know, my son is 18 months old. He already has me running around like crazy. Like, got to put attention to my body. In fact, my knees, I've had bad knees the past six, seven, eight years. I went into overtime to try to get my knees better in terms of physical therapy and, you know, uh, uh, foam rolling and just working extra hard to rehab my knees because I was like, I can't keep, I have to be able to bend down and pick up my kids. So that was an intention for me. I was like, I got, I got, I spent money to go to see um, a doctor here, like a physical therapist, a great physical therapist here in Austin. I spent money to go get my knees better, get the right training, get the right rehab, because I have, I have to do that for my kids. It's not fair to my kids to just say, whatever kids, you know, this is what happens when you get older. You just, you know, your body falls apart. It's like, no, 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 no. God wants, if you're a dad, God wants you playing with your kids. If you're not a dad, um, God wants you staying in shape to be, you know, youthful for his kingdom. So, I think that um, it's important to care about um, your body and your appearance in terms of how it can serve your life and your ministry and your holiness. That it's not about me. It's about how these things serve the everyday things in my life. There's a great um, guy on social media and in the world. He's, he's his guy. I had him on the podcast a couple months ago. His name's Catholic Warrior Fitness. His name's Isaac. And he actually... If you're a guy and you're looking for some inspiration in terms of like faith and fitness, Catholic Warrior Fitness, had him on the podcast. He is great. He's an inspiration. Um, he's doing really great work in his ministry um, because he is taking guys and like leveling up their entire life through fitness. He's like challenging guys to their physical peaks and then seeing how far we can take them in their spiritual peaks and the connection between the mind and the body. He just like really, it's a really great marriage that he has between the mind and the body. So his ministry is great. So if you're looking for a guy who is really good like that, Catholic Warrior Fitness, he has so many great um, resources and so many great teachings for why taking care of your body is important. So I don't know if you're going to see this, the person that wrote this, I'm not going to put their screen name on blast because they could not want that at all. So um, if you happen to see this, I, I think that's my idea is like the purpose and how that your body and appearance serves the things in your life and that you have to have a good conscience when it comes to vanity. You have to know your intentions that if it's, if you are really enjoying women calling you handsome, okay. But if you start going, doing stuff to get women to call you handsome, yeah, that's vanity. So got to watch out for that. So it's important for men though, to stay in shape, to be healthy because you know, got to be providers, protectors, and, um, you know, help keep the kingdom of God, you know, here on earth safe. So, okay, that's it for me today. I appreciate all of you guys so much. Thank you all for watching, for checking in. I hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and I'll see you all next time.